Let's get together, talk about the movies that we saw this week. We'll have discussions, talk film news, we'll laugh a lot and act like geeks. Sometimes we'll have a guest or two, sometimes it's just the two of us. Let's crack some jokes and tell some folks to come along and hang with us! Mike and Mike go to the movies. Mike and Mike go to the movies. Yeah! You have chosen wisely. In case you haven't noticed, I'm a little bit of a freak. I get within 10 feet of anything dead and I get into seizures, I touch anyone, and a whole lifetime of shit flashes before my eyes. And some of that shit includes Mike and Mike go to the movies. I'm Mike Smith and joining me as always is a camper from last year who won't be returning to the festival this time around. Mike DiCrecio. How you doing today, Mike? I'm doing great. Yes, I survived last year and unlike anyone ever in a horror movie, I'm going to learn from my trauma and <laughs> not go back to the camp again. Uh, not for lack of trying. You were like there was a potential for you to come out this year, and then uh, you know personal life things got in the way. Now you have yeah. a new job. I got a new job. Yeah, I think literally the weekend before I got laid off, I was like, "So what are those dates, Mike? I'm going to look up flights right now." And then <laughs> just hadn't per- clicked purchase, and then got laid off for my job. So yep. I guess that all worked out. But yeah. unfortunately, I will be missing this year's Camp Horror. Yeah, and you're going to miss uh, a lot of good stuff. And uh, joining us today to tell us about all that good stuff is returning guest of the show, the mercurial icon and the voice of your generation, uh, Charlie McCorn. Welcome back to the podcast. Hello, Mike. Hello, Mike. Thank you so much for having me. I'm delighted to be back on your wonderful podcast. Yeah, so we are excited to have you and uh, we're excited to uh, get into some Camp Horror stuff. So, of course, the Camp Horror Film Festival uh, is happening at the Roxy Theater uh, this year, August 25th and 26th. That's the third year it's been going on. And we've had you on the last two years to uh, kind of promote it. Last year, Mike D was able to come out and we hit like everything at the festival. Yeah. Uh, so we are excited to dive into all of that. In addition, you know, we all we always try to make somebody like, OK, you're going to come on to do Camp Horror. But also we should watch a movie to talk about. Uh, and so connecting with Camp Horror, you made us watch a William Castle joint. Uh, tell us about the movie that you're going to make us watch today, Charlie. Well, we are watching a movie that was so influential on on Little Charlie. Uh, we are watching 1960s. <laughs> 13 Ghosts, one of the yes. wildest haunted house movies I think ever made. Yes, I am uh, very excited to talk about this movie. I had not seen it. Uh, and of course, it's a William Castle movie, uh, which uh, we're showing another William Castle movie during the Camp Horror Film Festival. Uh, so that's exciting. And uh, I was not aware, actually, that uh, I, I had a vague awareness that this movie existed. I didn't make the connection that the uh, 2001 movie 13 Ghosts was a remake of this movie. And that is where my quote at the beginning of the episode came from, uh, because I was watching YouTube clips of Matthew Lillard in the remake of 13 Ghosts. And man, he's nuts in that movie. <laughs> he is amazing. One of our, like, I think he's a real underrated, like, horror actor. I mean, not only has yeah. he been the voice of Shaggy for, like, 20 years now, but between that, uh, 13 Ghosts, Scream, obviously. Yep. House of Santon Fog. Just a lot of real, real <laughs> scary movies. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, And so I was kind of just delighted by that and had to throw in a Matthew Willard 13 Ghosts quote uh, at the beginning. But before we get into 13 Ghosts today, we are going to talk about the Camp Horror Film Festival. Uh, So, Charlie, give us the elevator pitch for what the Camp Horror Film Festival is in case uh, people don't know. Absolutely. I'd be glad to. I do want to say, though, just before we get into that, I think it's important that we really address what happened last year at Camp Horror. (laughs) So uh, (laughs) 
I've been asked by the, the Roxy Theater to read this statement. So the Roxy Theater, we are issuing an immediate public service announcement in light of recent events. All members of the public are advised to avoid Missoula's beloved community cinema if they have a weak heart, delicate constitution, or are easily frightened. Camp Horror Film Festival is returning, yes, but based on recent trail camera footage, so too is the dreaded Sack Lunch slasher. Sack Lunch, as you know, is suspected of multiple camp council dismemberments over the last three years, and he is making a beeline once again to Camp Horror. So Camp Horror, uh, assuming that we can, you know, get through as long as the police don't shut us down, you know, in case you know the government doesn't step in and tell us how to live our lives the way the government likes to. It's two days of blood, gore, and s'mores at the Roxy Theater. It is the greatest summer camp that you will find anywhere. But yes, we have had a lot of murders in the last couple of years, like clockwork, really. And now that it's the third year, you know, it, like uh, like Jamie Fox says, like you find yourself in a, in a sequel situation or a, a trilogy situation, the past is going to come back to haunt you, and the body count skyrockets. <laughs> Uh, 100%. Yeah. Uh, so I've gone to Camp Horror uh, for the last two years. Uh, I went the uh, the very first Camp Horror. It was right before I started working uh, at the Roxy Theater, the Indie Theater in my house in Missoula, Montana, where I also work. And that first Camp Horror, I mean, it was so great. Uh, we got to see, uh, was that, is that Dr. Butcher MD? Was that was Dr. Butcher millimeter? MD. <laughs> nice. On an old, just color, color washed out print. Just yes. a, a pink movie from top to bottom. Yes, uh, that was maybe <laughs> the the old like the most washed out 35 millimeter screening I've ever seen. <laughs> uh, and it was a perfect vibe for that festival and so much fun. Also, Sleepaway Camp was uh, presented at that festival that year. Oh, yeah. And uh, that was super fun. That was actually my second time watching it. And I got to show it to my girlfriend. <laughs> and, <laughs> <laughs> um, who had not seen it uh, and surprisingly really liked it. I was wow. shocked at how Twist. much she enjoyed Sleepwick. <laughs> 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 um, uh, and was very uh, perturbed. And it, it was very fun watching an entire theater react to the ending of Sleepwick. Oh, sure, sure. Uh, yeah. Where half of them had seen it and knew what the ending was and half of them were completely taken aback by what the ending of Sleepwick camp was. <laughs> <laughs> so there's just great memories from that first camp horror. And then last year, uh, Mike D came out and we went to pretty much everything. Uh, you know, I was involved with some of the Q&As and stuff, but we went to Slaughter Beach and we went to the Rocky Horror Picture Show uh, and we went to Pieces on 35 Millimeter, which yeah. was so great. And the oh, Spooky yeah. Stories in the Garden and uh, the live Tommy Knockin podcast that you and Eliza did. Just so much fun and so much effort and energy goes into Camp Horror every year. And so I want to acknowledge you and Solvay for uh, putting that together because this is one of the most fun things that the Roxy does. Oh, gosh. Uh, thanks. I mean, thank you for being a part of it. And thanks for coming to it. And thanks for coming to it last year, Mike D. You're dead to me now, though. But yeah. Uh, <laughs> it is. I will give full credit to uh, our creative director, uh, the enigmatic Solvay, uh, for having a such a clear vision and having just incredible talented people um, like myself, like John Howard, uh, like Christina Tripp this year, Thomas McClure this year, who are putting together like the full film festival and also live theatrical experience, which I love being a part of. Yeah, absolutely. It is such a fun time. And so we're going to go down like basically everything that's happening at Camp Horror this year. I've got the schedule pulled up in front of me. And so the first thing actually before the actual festival Monday the 21st oh, yes. uh, there's going to be some uh, Camp Horror trivia over at Odd Pitch Brewing uh, here in Missoula uh, and so uh, you're going to be hosting trivia that night right Charlie? I am I've written all of the questions I am <laughs> delighted to put I hope there's like some real horror hounds that show up for this because some of these I mean I know a lot about horror movies and a lot about I think cinema in general probably yeah. and I think I've crafted like questions of all difficulty levels but the hard ones I'm so excited to to see who's going to rise to the occasion and uh, and get those put together. Uh, yeah, me too. I am 
incredibly mad that I have to work uh, during (laughs) (laughs) the Camp Horror Trivia because I think I would do really well. Um, But uh, yeah, this is going to be super fun. Uh, Put your horror knowledge to the test. And I Pitch Brewing, a great uh, partner for the Roxy and all the uh, kind of Camp Horror stuff. One of our great Uh, sponsors. They're going to be brewing our own. uh, They're going to be brewing the special Camp beer this year. Nice. Is it a different beer from last year? It will be a different beer from last year. Okay. Interesting. That beer last year was incredible. Yes, that was delicious. Can you say what the beer is? Do you know the name of it or anything yet? I believe that is still in progress. I believe that has okay. not yet be, been decided, but I do believe it is some sort of like fruit, like a like a maybe a cherry, like a real like slasher. Like we're looking for red blood, you right. know, stuff like that. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, So Camp Horror Trivia, that's going to sort of kick things off, a preliminary event on Monday the 21st, and then things really begin in earnest Friday the 25th. So it's going to be the 25th and 26th, two days of the Roxy. Uh, And the first thing we got scheduled here is the shorts block. Oh, my gosh. Yes. And I just got finished uh, watching all of the official selections for the shorts block. Oh, yeah. The audience is not prepared. Like there is stuff that we are showing that I I had to I texted Solvay and I'm like no one's going to be ready for this and she's like hee hee he, I know <laughs> like it was there is some crazy ass shit uh, my favorite uh, of them shout out to uh, he's been uh, his films have been in Camp Horror before Joe Riley has a movie called Charlie the Cancelled Skeleton that. <laughs> I, I could not. It was one of those things like I had to watch part of it again. It's like, did I just see that right? <laughs> right. And it's good. It kind of riffs on one of the major, like the actual William Castle movie. So it's a little bit of a riff on that. We've got nice. some incredible zombie movies this year, which I'm really looking forward to seeing in an audience with some, uh, we're watching in a theater with an audience. There's some real fun animation uh, that we're going to be showing. I think there's two animated shorts uh, that we're doing. And as well as, I mean, one, one of these movies is from Italy. We have stuff from all over the world. But the one I'm excited about most is is uh, by local filmmaker Austin Valley. It's called Tornado County, and it is so much fun. I've been a fan of, uh, of Austin's filmmaking uh, from, from the very beginning. I've worked with him on a couple of projects. He's incredibly talented. His crew and cast uh, is incredibly talented. And it's just like a who's who of Missoula comedy just popping up in this movie. Right. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, absolutely. We went to the shorts block last year and uh, yeah, it was so much fun. And it's just, there's such a wide variety of these shorts. Like you hear horror shorts block and you're like, okay, I kind of, I have an idea of what this is all going to be, but there are so many different subgenres of horror uh, and so many different styles that these shorts uh, kind of go through. And uh, yeah, I'm trying. I don't remember the names of any of the shorts last year, uh, but I remember the feeling I had watching <laughs> some of them. And uh, the there was like one animated short in particular yeah. that uh, it was like 20 minutes long. And uh, I felt like was like incredibly off putting to a lot of the audience. But I was very much like this fucking rules. This is so good. <laughs> it's like that weird. I think it was like claymation or something, right? He like yeah. goes to hell or something like that. I don't remember. Oh, man, I remember yeah. some claymation this year that I nice. think is going to be good. very exciting. Nice. Uh, so yeah, that's the shorts block. And that's going to be Friday the 25th at 6 p.m. All the films will have open captions, uh, and that's sponsored by Odd Pitch Brewing. And yeah, by the way, all of these are pretty much ticketed events, uh, and you should get your tickets ahead of time, uh, because which are available sell- at theroxytheater.org. Just going to point exactly, that. Yes. A lot of these uh, sell out, and I think uh, this next thing that I'm about to talk about will absolutely sell out uh, all of its showings. So last year, me and Mike D went uh, to see the Rocky Horror Picture Show yes. uh, at Camp Horror, uh, and there were two showings last year, right? There was a just across one night, there's nine o'clock and there was a midnight, uh, Mike D and I went to the midnight for the true Rocky Horror experience. Absolutely. Uh, that was actually my very first time watching the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh, my goodness. I, 
I had never seen it before because I think uh, it was one of those things where like I had a couple of friends in high school who were too into it. And I was like, nope, not, (laughs) not, (laughs) this is not for me. But then I went, uh, went to see it at Camp Horror and had a great time. It's such a great crowd experience. And so this year you're doubling down on the four screenings. We're doing two, we're doing two a night. So we're doing, I believe it's Friday, Saturday. Is that right? Am I doing that right in my head? Yes. Yep. Yep. The Friday and Saturday are are the two days of the festival. So that, uh, that would track, that would track. (laughs) That's nine 30 and midnight. Um, I will say uh, nine, nine o'clock and midnight. Nine o'clock and midnight. Please get your tickets uh, to quote um, our coworker uh, David Mills Lowe last year. Please have your tickets purchased before you leave your house in lingerie. Like it just seems, <laughs> it just seems like common sense. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. And yeah, we got four screenings this year. Uh, The midnight was so much fun last year, uh, but the nine o'clock is also crazy packed. And of course, there's going to be all the classic Rocky Horror things. You'll be handed a goodie bag when you Mm -hmm. get through the door. Going to have, you know, the newspaper and sprinklers and like the popcorn and all all that kind of stuff. The whole thing. So let me ask you real quick. So that was your first time seeing Rocky Horror. Did you know what it was before you watched it? Did you have an idea or were you just completely blown away when it turned out being what it actually is? I I had a vague awareness of what it was. I had heard a few songs from Rocky Horror before. (laughs) Because, you know, it's it's so ubiquitous in pop culture. Mm -hmm, Uh, mm -hmm. So I I had heard the Time Warp. I had heard Sweet Transvestite. You know, I I knew Tim Curry was in it. I had no idea Susan Sarandon was in it. I I had absolutely no idea. Uh, (laughs) And so that was fun. I kind of knew Meatloaf was in it, um, but didn't didn't like it was still a delight to see him. Yeah, I think uh, I I don't think I actually knew what the plot of the movie was. I had no (laughs) idea that it was about, you know, Tim Curry creating this, uh, you know, Perfect uh, man. Yeah, the perfect man, Rocky. I didn't know that Rocky was a person in the movie. Uh, <laughs> like, So there was, uh, you know, I, I felt like I had seen it through cultural osmosis beforehand, but nothing could have prepared me for what the movie actually was, I think. <laughs> <laughs> that feels right. And yeah, I saw it for the first time there, and then like a month later, ended up going to the live show at the Wilma of the Rocky Horror Show. So, so I really fantastic. got the full... I got fully inundated with Rocky Horror for a couple of months. I was going <laughs> to ask about that because I remember that being like talk of the town that that had been canceled at the Wilma like during the pandemic and stuff. And it people, was off people were years, like yeah. fiending for their Rocky Horror uh, in, <laughs> <Yeah>. in Missoula. <laughs> Yeah, no, the Rocky Horror like live show is like a very like a famous Missoula thing that has happened for years now uh, at the Wilma, uh, like around Halloween time. And so, yeah, last year was I think the first time they had done it since COVID. Um, so it was it was a pretty big deal uh, at the time. But Camp Horror scooped them because we did the Rocky Horror show. Nice. First. <laughs> But yeah, four screenings of Rocky Horror, both Friday and Saturday night at nine o'clock at midnight. And tickets for that are going to go super fast. So absolutely get those in advance. And then also on Friday night, uh, spooky stories in the garden at 930. Uh, And yeah, tell us about this, Charlie. It's one of my favorite camp horror traditions. So out back in the Roxy Garden around the make the the totally safe uh, campfire, we're going to have uh, some great Missoula storytellers tell some real and imagined ghost stories. Not that I'm like judging their stories, but like some people will like tell famous, I think someone's planning to read The Raven this year, perhaps. Okay. Uh, And also what I think is very exciting is myself uh, in, in the role that I play as the camp communications coordinator and two of the new let's say characters we're introducing this year at Camp Horror. Uh, we're going to really uh, drop a lot of uh, sack lunch lore, I think, during the <laughs> scary story. So d- go to that if you really want to understand like what's going on. Like get some well, Once you get to the third movie in the franchise, you really got to dig deep into the killer's backstory. That's kind yeah. of what we had to do like at this point. <laughs> Uh, so it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, last year was was so much fun, too. It was great just like being out in the dark with a flashlight under my chin. 
um, telling you know my own personal ghost story and hearing other people tell theirs. Uh, some of them really spooked me out too. Yes, absolutely. We were there last time. Uh, I believe the Sacklin Slasher actually made an appearance uh, just kind of in the background, uh, like watching <laughs> us all, uh, which was very funny and scary. But uh, yeah, we had a great time. I think uh, that was one of the like, uh, it's one of the uh, aspects of Camp Horror that make it more unique as a film festival, I think. You know, it's not just films. There's a whole interactive experience. It's a vibe, you know? Yeah, it's a, it's a whole it's a whole thing. No one else is doing what we're doing. Uh, they're going to start copying us one day, but it is you know, there's a lot of film festivals, especially a lot of horror film festivals I've been to where it's just like, well, we have a screening in this uh, this hotel room. Let's go sit down and just like watch this movie in this this ballroom of some like Holiday Inn. Yeah. But uh, we decorate the whole theater. We have we have a cast. We have we have <laughs> we have uh, some things planned this year, I think very much in the vibe of William Castle. And we're going to have so much fun. And it's such a great thing to be a part of. Yeah, absolutely. So Spooky Stories in the Garden. Uh, that's going to be at 930 in the Roxy Garden out back behind the theater uh and also it's free that that is a free event you can go to uh with uh limited seating so yeah first come first serve but uh yeah absolutely check that out and that's sponsored by waterworks that pretty much takes care of friday then on saturday start things off at 2 p.m uh with the base camp shorts block so yeah tell us about this charlie and tell us how this uh, differentiates from the regular shorts block absolutely so while the uh our regular shorts block has artists from all over uh the world uh base is base shorts i'm sorry the base camp shorts are all local artists they are all people who attend programming at Missoula Base, which is a nonprofit community center that helps or that works with people with and without disabilities. And uh, last year, they, you know, the base guys, uh, the base crew had so much fun putting together their shorts. They're doing it again. And it's really great to see uh, people of all abilities getting excited about horror films and people of all abilities making horror films. Uh, and it's going to be a great event. And it's, you know, supports our local community, it supports local nonprofits. And I think it's well worth checking out uh, for for just the unbridled weirdness that comes in these horror <laughs> shorts. Like it is it is so much fun. You're going to see stuff you've, you've never comprehended uh, and so, so much incredible talent coming from those local uh, filmmakers and crew from Missoula base. Yeah, absolutely. I think the sheer enthusiasm they have for this uh, horror filmmaking is so much so infectious and so much fun. And John Howard is heavily involved with this. He kind of helps spearhead it. And it's <laughs> it's, it's really cool. So yeah, the base camp shorts block. That's in the 26th sponsored by Montgomery Distillery. Then on Saturday at four o'clock, it's the end of the show as we know it podcast live. Uh, so last year, you and Eliza did a, a live version of Tommy Knockin', your Stephen King podcast. That's right. Uh, which me and Mike attended, and it was very fun. Uh, so tell us about the end of the show as we know it podcast. Yeah, so this is a podcast by two local Missoula comedians, which is Tim Miller and Freya Halland. The two of them together do a show where they discuss famous finales, or sometimes they hype. Uh, hypothesize about what the finale of a certain, you know, film genre, film series or book series would be. And uh, they're both incredibly funny, talented comedians. I've been doing comedy uh, with Tim, like, from the beginning. Like, we started around the same time. And Freya is one of, I think, uh, one of the best rising comedians here in Missoula. And they have some special guests. I don't know who that is, uh, <laughs> but they're going to pop up and they're going to talk, I believe, about Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare. Okay, nice. Which, uh, speaking of, like, speaking of movies with special glasses the characters wear that signify people in the audience wear glasses, Freddy's Dead, <laughs> which ripped off 13 Ghosts, I'm going to say. Yeah, there it is. I said uh, it. I'm not afraid to. Okay. Fre Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare. That's, it's not The Final Nightmare, though, right? No, that's like, I, there's three more this, of them. There's been, yeah, because <laughs> yeah, then right after that was the Wes Craven 
Kevin's New Nightmare. Then there was Freddy vs. Jason, which I absolutely count as a sequel. And then sure. there was that awful, awful remake with Jackie the, Earl Haley. Yes, yeah, the 2010 remake. Yeah. Uh, it's not as we, yeah, it's not as bad. I want to say as uh, the Friday the Thirteenth movies. I think Part Four was the final chapter. And I think there right. are nine more movies following that. <laughs> Eight or nine movies yeah. following that. Yeah. Final chapter feels very conclusive. Final nightmare is like, well, there could be things after the fi- last nightmare. Yeah. You know, just, just <laughs> Even though the title of the movie is Freddy's Dead, like theoretically, that, that <laughs> yeah. should be the end of Freddy. But yeah, no, Freddy's Dead, the final nightmare. This is, I think, is it the sixth one? Is That's that the right? sixth one, directed by okay. Rachel Talele, uh, who was um, involved early, uh, involved in like early uh, New Line stuff. She was one of the people that helped Shepard. Wes Craven's original Nightmare on Elm Street, and she worked as a producer on, I think, all the previous films. And Roseanne Barr is in it. Roseanne Barr and Tom Arnold uh, what? play. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm actually, I'm actually just now realizing uh, I, I've seen the first three Nightmare on Elm Streets, and I've not seen anything past that. Uh, yeah, you so, know, uh, they're not great after the third one. I think those first three, I love those first three. I think are just great movies all together. Individually, they're great together. I think they're really fantastic. Yeah. And then around four, like, well, we're running out of ideas. And then by <laughs> by the sixth one, famously, they ran out of money. And so one of the deaths, they were like, well, let's just have uh, Freddy Krueger be invisible. And so they filmed the, the dead meat teen, just like karate fighting empty air <laughs> as as his death scene. Wow. So we can't afford to pay Robert England today. So we have to, <laughs> we have to tell him without him. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's I think maybe the most Looney Tunesy of them. Like there's, okay. there's a kill like at the very not even a kill, but there's a scene that happened at the very beginning that is taken like straight out of like a Roadrunner cartoon. It is so ridiculous. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah. So Freddy's Dead, the final nightmare will be the subject of it's the end of the show. It's the end of the show as we know it podcast. And they're going to be in their live episode Saturday at four. Uh, and that's going to be in the Roxy Annex sponsored by Waterworks. And then after that, we've got uh, two more movies to kind of end the festival. Oh, with. do plus, we ever. Plus, of course, another uh, two screenings Rocky Horror Picture Show. But uh, Unicorn Wars is the first of those. And uh, that's on Saturday at six o'clock, which is a Spanish film with English subtitles. Tell us about Unicorn Wars. I saw the trailer for this ahead of the most recent <laughs> Trash Vault, which was Slumber Party Massacre 2, by the way, a perennial nice. Mike and Mike favorite. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, yeah, so I saw the trailer for this ahead of Slumber Party Massacre 2. That was the first time I had seen anything about this other than like the one image that is in the pre-show. Mm-hmm. And uh, this movie looks insane. Tell us about this. Yeah, I'm going to use uh, Solvay, I think, described this movie best. It is a war movie about a squad of cuddly teddy bears pulling an apocalypse now, trying to assassinate the last unicorn. Like, <laughs> I'm going to I don't. I, this is my personality now. That's it. I don't need to know anything else. It's beautifully animated. It is a real seeing is believing film, and it's absolutely worth checking out. I think for one, just the sheer audacity of making something so cute and cuddly. Like it's that blending of genres, which I love when it's done very well. Like this is you know a, a movie about like some cute, cuddly teddy bears who go to war. Like uh, it right. is incredible. <laughs> and I cannot wait to see this with an audience. Uh, I think this is going to have just like one of the best audience experiences that anyone that comes to it is going to have. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the the animation style, uh, I was uh, I was seeing Barbie with somebody recently and we saw the uh, poster for this with Unicorn Wars in the pre-show and he was like, is this like a, like a happy tree friends uh, movie? <laughs> Oh, interesting. And I was like, ah, it, yeah, kind of. It's got that vibe, yeah. It's got that vibe, yeah. 
<laughs> uh, it looks awesome. Like the trailer looks incredible. Uh, and yeah, I, I can't wait for this. Uh, this is one of those things that like I had never heard of before this festival uh, kind of did its programming. Uh, and then as soon as I found out what it was, I was like, I got to see that right away. So uh, Unicorn Wars will be the movie uh, on Saturday at six o'clock sponsored by Flippers. And then uh, Saturday at 830. Uh, this is the movie I am most excited about. Oh, and yes. this is going to tie in directly to the movie we're watching today. The Tingler in 35 millimeter. That's uh, right. William Castle. William Castle, The Tingler, starring Vincent Price. Uh, so, Charlie, it, you've seen The Tingler, I assume. I have seen The Tingler. Uh, it okay. is an astonishing movie, and it has. And I don't want to ruin this. I'm not. There's this one scene specifically where. So it's 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 the first movie to ever depict someone tripping on acid. Uh, Vincent Price. <laughs> His character like <laughs> drops acid in the middle of the movie and has a whole freak out. And the way that they portray that in this movie is incredible. It is so wow. cool. They do this thing that when I saw it for the first time on, I think it was on Spenguli years ago, I caught that. And my jaw was on the ground. I'm like, I can't believe a movie from this time period <laughs> would do that. Right. And, and then seeing it, I think on this rare 35 millimeter print is going to be just like, it's a piece of history. Uh, William Castles, I'm sure we'll talk about, was a flipping genius when it came to promoting his movies. Carney's gonna Carney and yeah. <laughs> the Tingler. You know what? You're gonna scream for your life. You have to scream for your life at the Tingler. It's kind of the movie we're building the festival around ish, and a lot of I think the performance parts of it. You know, we're taking a lot of inspiration from William Castle and his movies. I think were so influential to me as a young person, and being able to see like the rare 35 millimeter print is all the more exciting. I also yeah, want to say, to throw this out here right now, yeah. it is a very scary movie. And uh, I checked this out with Solvay. We want to announce it right here that if anyone dies of fright while watching The Tingler, <laughs> their next of kin is going to get a free cosmic membership to the Roxy. Nice. Wow. <laughs> That's perfect. Uh, yeah, I've never seen The Tingler. I'm very excited to watch this one. Uh, at least I saw the trailer for this again in front of us, Slum Party Massacre 2, uh, which opens with William Castle introducing it and like mm -hmm. kind of telling you, this will be the scariest thing you'll ever see in your life uh, and all that kind of stuff. And so when The Tingler was originally in theaters, I mean, William Castle was known for adding a gimmick to oh, a lot yes. of his movies. So when The Tingler was originally in theaters, the idea was that the seats would shock you whenever there was like a jump scare or anything, right? Was that what happened? That's basically it. The, I, there's a scene in the movie <laughs> where, the, and it's going to happen where Vincent Price like will turn out to the audience and be like, oh my God, The Tingler's escaped the movie. He's in your theater. And at that point, the projectionist <laughs> would then push a button, which is wired up to these uh, old... They were like um, from airplanes from World War Two that were just left over, like these little like motors yeah. that would like vibrate your seat uh, to signify the tingler running through running through your, your theater there, which is brilliant. Like we yes. we we found like the plans for them. Like we we will wow. not have them, unfortunately, in our screening, but we looked into it like it we honored the blueprints and uh... <laughs> <laughs> they were on eBay. Like we, we, we saw them there. I think really? we just read a PDF of them online and it just will like tell the projector, like when to turn the tinglers on. <laughs> Brilliant, uh, brilliant, yes. brilliant, brilliant William Castle. Yes, absolutely. Uh, so, so fun. And so that's going to be Saturday at 830 in 35 millimeter. It's going to look incredible. Uh, and so, yeah, that's that's very exciting. And then, of course, there'll be two more Rocky Horrors after that, the nine o'clock and the midnight. And then finally, uh, to wrap everything up, uh, the farewell s'mores gathering in the Roxy Garden, uh, which will be Saturday at 10 o'clock right after the Tinkler. Yep, which is always so much fun. Uh, the s'mores roast finishing the festival has become just such a wonderful tradition where you know everyone can come together and really 
just, you know, celebrate community, celebrate horror movies, which we love doing. Like, I love celebrating horror movies and being outside and sort of, you know, being on the other side of what no doubt will be another bloody sack lunch massacre. Like, for those <laughs> of us who survive, that, that, those s'mores are the most tasty things you will ever have. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Uh, Mike D, now that you've heard the, the entire Camp Horror schedule, do you feel like you want to make a last minute trip out to Missouri? <laughs> I'm so devastated I won't be there to be tingled <laughs> oh. uh, with with all my favorite Roxy people. Yeah, and I think one of my favorite bits, like just all the all the like work and effort you all put in there uh, into like just the details of the the the, the reality of Camp Horror, uh, just the slowly progressing uh, built bulletin board being more and more full of missing <laughs> posters, uh, missing posters by the end of the weekend, and everything is so much fun, and um, all the appearances for the, uh, the the sack lunch slasher and all that is real fun, and and, and I did really apl- applaud the uh, the latest uh, Instagram post that now the, they've upgraded to a reusable bag for the, um, for the, for the mask. It was very fun. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm sad I won't be there. But maybe next, hopefully next year. You know, I want, I want it to year. be a tradition. It'll be a good time. Yes, absolutely. Uh, so yeah, the Camp Horror Film Festival, once again, it's the 25th through the 26th. Charlie, if there's one thing, like if somebody has to go to like only one thing at Camp Horror, do you have like an idea of like what you would recommend going to? Gosh, there was one thing I'd recommend. I would either recommend going to the Shorts Block because you get such a grab bag of some wonderful stuff there. Uh, sure. Or I mean, when are you ever going to watch the Tingler on 35 millimeter again? <laughs> like this is a yes. once in a lifetime opportunity. Yes. I would would recommend the two of those. Um, yes. More info at camphorror.org. Yes, camphorror.org's got everything for you there, as well as the theater.org. You can get your tickets there uh, for everything going on at Camp Horror. And yeah, very excited for so much of this. Uh, yeah, the Tingler in 35mm, especially for me. Like, that's a movie that was, I feel like, not really on my radar that much. Like, I, I, I was aware of who William Castle was. I had seen Joe Dante's Matinee, mm. uh, which uh, <laughs> is a movie that really riffs on the William Castle idea. I actually didn't know he directed A House on Haunted Hill, which I have seen, and saw that when I was like 10, um, and really enjoyed that that movie mm-hmm. but in the in the trailer for the tingler he's like and in my previous film uh, house on haunted hill and i was like hey uh, uh, that's it's a movie <laughs> i know do you know uh, <laughs> do you know about his engagement with or his uh involvement with rosemary's baby i don't he was no. the pro- so he was the producer of rose of roman polanski's rosemary's baby okay he, he bought the rights to the novel before it was published and he was like here's the movie that's going to make me a legitimate filmmaker and the studio was like no you're the guy that made the tingler you can't make rosemary's baby <laughs> and so incredible and so he had to just produce the movie and and it was his great regret that he didn't get to direct that movie. That is, that yeah. is a, a it, sadness. It, <laughs> yeah. Instead of getting someone who made monster movies, they got an actual monster to make Rosemary and Sadie. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine what that version, what the William Castle version of that, like, what would be the uh, gimmick for that? Based on what I've seen in 13 Ghosts, uh, it would be be a very different film, I think. Yeah. The movie followed by an orgy in the lobby of the theater. Like, what what would be the gimmick for it? They hand out eyeballs before you go in. (laughs) Right. Well, speaking of uh, speaking of William Castle and his history with Rosemary's Baby and all these other films, uh, we should get into uh, the movie that you're making us watch today, Charlie, which is William Castle's 13 Ghosts from 1960. So, Charlie, when choosing a movie to make us watch, why was this the one that you were like, this is the one that Mike D and Mike Smith have to watch? I think for two reasons. One is we wanted to get something that's on on theme for Camp Horror Film Festival this year. And as we are showing one of William Castle's movies, we thought we'd show another one. But also this movie was so influential on my life. I saw this, I think, on AMC when I was like eight years old, like like back in the mid 90s. This was just like a random thing that was coming on. And it it I feel like it changed my life. Like one, it definitely influenced my pedantry around the use of the word Ouija. Like, 
that, that did uh, occur to me when I was watching it. Like, oh, they, they said it weird. <laughs> like they said, they said the word differently than I'm used to hearing it. You know, <laughs> I feel I feel that way. And because of this movie, I'm like, oh, well, it's actually Ouija because it's we and ya together to yes, yes board. Um, yeah, I, I also did not know that origin of the we of the Ouija board. Uh, and so when they explained that, I was like, hey, yeah. what? Like, I, I'm learning so much. Now, imagine watching that when you're eight and then living in a world where everyone calls it a Ouija board and having to be like, well, actually, it's Ouija because it's just pushing your glasses up at every adult that says every, it. Every time I was just I was like the kid in this movie. I was just annoying and awful and wearing eyeliner. Perfect. I think my favorite thing about the kid in this movie, too, is that he is uh, he's he so sucks. down for the ghosts. Yeah, I mean, he's he's he, like he finds out the house is haunted and he's like, oh, OK. And he's like cool with coexisting with them. Yeah, like, he can just he can live amongst the ghosts and be fine. He, he he loves the ghost. He wears eyeliner. He wears big boots and sweaters. He hates women. He's like a tiny Morrissey. Like, it's just. <laughs> He's just reading ghost stories at family dinner uh, on the ground because they're so poor. Um, yes. Which is so fun. <laughs> and so and so the gimmick for this one, for the William Castle gimmick um, for 13 Ghosts, is that um, so the idea is that the, the audience would get like these viewing goggles, right? Like the sort of 3D glasses kind of thing with the red and the blue. And they would be told when to put on the glasses. So if they if they want to look away from the ghosts, they can. If, they, if they're too scared of the ghosts in the film, they can put on a glasses and the ghost will disappear or they can put on the glasses and they'll see the ghosts. Right, Charlie? That's that's correct. So the okay. way it's, the movie is mostly in black and white, but all of the ghosts, I'm, 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 I'm going to make sure I get this right. I feel like it, I always mix up the colors, but it's uh, when the ghosts appear, the screen goes blue, but the ghosts were filmed in red. And so if you look through right. the red lens, the ghosts kind of like blend and you can't see them. But if you put the blue, it counteracts and you can see the ghosts. So it's, uh, I did it. I had it, I had this movie on DVD when I was a kid and it came with a, like a, a ghost viewer there. Okay. I don't, it wasn't, of course, this was like back on probably still like a CRT TV. Right. It, it did not work very well as I remember, but I don't care. It's such a cool, idea like i love i love shit like that i love just like that extra level of engagement which william castle who's like a slightly less spooky walt disney was really great at <laughs> uh yeah absolutely and so i i knew that going in i like you you told me about this gimmick and you uh kind of set me up for what that was uh, i rented the movie on amazon and so i didn't have the glasses or anything um but also amazon doesn't change the colors like it just stays black and white the entire mm-hmm. time <laughs> <laughs> and so I was able to see the ghost. It was fine. But it was one of those things where, like, if you lose that, like, color gimmick, then you're just watching people put on glasses in the movie uh, like, oh, over and over again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, Mike D., you found this movie through other means. Uh, what did you think of 13 Ghosts? And uh, how, what was your experience watching it? Um, Yeah, so I do have it on Blu-ray and then for some reason decided not to get up and go over to that room and just uh, found it online <laughs> and watched it on my computer instead. <laughs> um, but it, I did find it in the illusiono version uh, which is what it, the the gimmick thing was called that so the screen did turn blue i mean they just like you obviously don't, i don't have glasses or anything but so screen turns blue and the ghosts are red just in the scene uh, which is pretty fun but it adds this weird like you know it turns it turns it into like a thing where it's like we have figured out this technology isn't that cool and like that kind of like you know old 3d movies where it's just like whoa we're gonna come right at the screen and stuff like that yeah. uh so it's a lot of just slow scenes in blue <laughs> where it's like isn't it weird that that's going on over there but it is fun it was it's a fun enough time it's you know it, uh 
an 80 minute William Castle movie. What do you want? What do you need a roadmap? You know? Um, so it's spooky, spooky stories. I did. It is fun to like, to think about when this could be movies, you know, <laughs> it yeah. could just be, isn't it neat? We've thought of this idea to trick people into coming. Like what we always talk about on the Michelle Yeoh podcast with all these early Hong Kong movies, where it's like, what if we just change the name again? And it's like the, the same movie with the fifth name on it. And they're like, yeah, it's a, it's a franchise now. Um, so that's fun. And to think about that. And um, yeah, I've, just generally with William Castle, I really have only seen uh, House on Haunted Hill, which I know the I think the gimmick for that was at the end when the skeleton comes out of the acid, they would like drop skeletons from the ceiling uh, <laughs> of the theaters and stuff like that. So that's fun. Yeah, I just I just m- miss kind of like, I guess, Barbenheimer is the closest we'll ever get to something <laughs> along these lines. But just when when it could be like. We come up with a goofy idea and you come up with a marketing idea first and then we'll figure out a movie um, for it. And um, to think about like a world where like one, there were projectionists and two, they'd be like down for this, you know, to like push a button to activate the tingler. Um, seems seems like a, a, a fun, whimsy world to be living in, you know? True. Yes, very yeah. true. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed 13 Ghosts. I had a blast with it. I thought it was very fun. And, uh, you know, it was one of those things where like it, it checks off so many like haunted house boxes right yeah. away. Uh, where it's like, oh, my rich uncle died and he left me this house and now we have to go live yeah. here, <laughs> you know, and all, all, all that stuff. And uh, I think the ghosts themselves are so, like the movie, I think, is actually like sort of legitimately scary for a little bit. I think there's like some really good sound design that uh, is kind of yeah. attached to it. There's some great screaming involved here. Uh, and the Ouija board scene is like a little bit spooky and stuff. And the then Ouija once board s- scene. The Ouija board, sorry. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Mike and- D. Thank <laughs> you. Yeah. <laughs> and then once you see the ghosts, um, yeah. it's, le- it's less scary, but it is very fun. Uh, and <laughs> because the ghosts are just this insane collection of like, you know, sometimes it's like a crazy lady, sometimes. Sometimes it's a skeleton that's on fire. Sometimes it's an Italian chef who's throwing like meat cleavers at people. Uh, and sometimes it's a lion, just like an actual lion. It's a, a regular ghost. lion. <laughs> regular ass lion uh and yeah at some point like the kids like in- interacts with the the lion ghost and the lion tamer ghost who doesn't have a head because the lion ghost ate his head i guess and it's just such a fun weird sequence that uh you know i i, I don't think i've ever seen a lion ghost before so i, I appreciated that uh in 13 ghosts you know <laughs> i what i love and you're absolutely right I, th- I think that like when the ghosts show up it is like me a little bit goofy but leading up to it this movie has is just like goes so hard because there's like the scene where they're playing with the Ouija board and, and the kid's like, are there ghosts in the house? Are they going to kill us? And it's not <laughs> yeah, like, it's the oh, the question. house is haunted. It's, oh, these ghosts are going to murder us. Like, <laughs> yeah. like they describe early on, like the, uh, the uncle that dies and then leaves the house to the family. They're like, oh, you should have seen him. His lips were ripped off. His skin was yeah. just covered in boils. He was, they just do this like horrible list. And it was like, yeah, it's a very, I think, scary film. And then the ghosts are kind of, they're kind of fun. Like they, like the Italian chef goes, Ghosts, like their voices are just like sped up, kind of like chipmunk, they, like the chipmunks. They sound like a the bit. Sims. Yeah. <laughs> they do sound yeah. like the Sims. Yes. Yeah. Um, did you did you watch it? I asked Mike this before recording, but Charlie, did your the version if you watched it recently? Did it have the intro and outro with William it absolutely Castle? Absolutely did. Which yeah. I love that. Like I mentioned earlier, like it's all like the old like Walt Disney stuff, mm-hmm. like where he's introducing like the wonderful world of Disney. Like he's just coming in, he's like. 
hey kids, you're ready to get scared to death, which I love. I love that so much. Yeah, he explains nice. how to use the uh, how to use the glasses um, for like well, if you if you believe in the supernatural, <laughs> use the blue one, like or whatever whichever color it is. <laughs> uh, but if you're too afraid and don't want to see the ghosts, use the other one. Um, and then at the end of the movie, in the outro, he like dares you. He's like, if you still don't believe, when you're home alone at night. Uh, tonight after the movie and your lights are all out look through the red strip and see what you see and it's like whoa crazy this is nuts i just got called a bitch by william castle this is amazing i love in that same sequence where he's like hey if someone comes in late to the movie please explain to them how this works yeah like, i feel i feel like it's not like the most complicated thing to do like right yes uh i i feel uh, i'm a little bummed my version did not have the intro outro with oh, william castle no. uh and i feel like i really missed out that sounds great that sounds it's pretty great. funny <laughs> Yeah. Also, I just wanted to give a shout out to uh, one actor in the movie in particular. So there's uh, it's mostly like, you know, B movie actors that were in a few things like here and there. And then there's a moment early on where, uh, you know, they find out they have a housekeeper and the kid starts calling her the witch. I felt like uh, such an idiot till the la- end of this movie. Yeah. And the, it's like, oh, the witch is upstairs, whatever. And then the housekeeper enters the screen and it is Margaret Hamilton, <laughs> the literal wicked witch of the West from the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> <laughs> the most famous cinematic witch of all time. <laughs> and and she's being referred to as a witch uh, throughout the first half of this movie, which I thought was really funny. <laughs> yeah, the whole time I was like, this person looks really familiar. And I didn't bother to look it up or anything. And then, yeah, at the very end of the movie, she like picks up a wood, like a broom, like a wicker broom and like yeah. winks at the camera. And I was like, oh, <laughs> like, like just seeing her with the with the broom, like it all clicked into place for me. I was yep. like, oh, yeah, it's the Wicked Witch. That's why. Um, so that was very fun. Yes, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Other random stuff. What was uh So. There was ben, uh, Benjamin Rush is the uh, is the lawyer character, right? Who um, is the one so, who kind of tells them. Right, was that Mike? He's just a weird little creep. Did, like, <laughs> yes. I, yes, he I, is. I, I, liked, I, I liked that. Like when he first shows up, he's very matter of fact, but like, yep, house is haunted. Ghost. <laughs> yeah. Okay, what, You're fucked. What can you Ghost. do? <laughs> but it turns he's like actually like, you know, the house is actually haunted. But he's also trying to like scam the family and steal the money that the uncle has left behind. Yeah. Uh, and he's like trying to manipulate the the son. And he has like a romance with the daughter. All that, all that kind of stuff is going on. Uh, and then he gets his great comeuppance at the end when he gets crushed in it by a bed. In uh, slow motion. <laughs> Um, yeah, just, it was just too much, too much implication of him being like talking to this, you know, like 11 year old boy. Oh like, my God. We should yes. have a secret together. And I was like, I don't like any of this shit at all. Um, this is weird. Yeah. Don't tell your parents that I was here. This is our secret. Okay. Yeah. That was, I uh, my skin crawled. I'm Blech. glad he got crushed by a bed. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> And like they set up the bed crushing earlier in the movie, you know, it pays off the uh, the bed crushing <laughs> bit, uh, which is nice. Uh, yeah. And I like that, uh, you know, the movie kind of ends with them. You know, they they get rid of the ghost, but then the witch is like, well, they'll be back. <laughs> the, the, the kid asks, like, are the ghosts gone? It's like, well, you know, for now. Then, you know, wink and then <laughs> the, the uh, movie ends. Yeah. She does. She destroys the glasses with magic, I think. I don't really know. Right. Mm, yeah, I think so. Yes. Charlie, I, got, I do have to ask. Uh, so have you seen the remake of 13 Ghosts? I have. And okay. when the remake came out, I was already a huge fan of this original movie at that point. Yeah. Oh, and I was so excited. And then when I went to see it, I was like, it's not the same. Like, this is <laughs> this is fucking bullshit. 
I can't believe they would remake a classic film like this. And in the years since, I have really come around on that movie. Like, I think it's a totally fun movie. Matthew Lillard is great. I love Tony Shalhoub. Like, I, I, we were a big Wings household when I was growing up. And so anytime, anytime anyone from the sitcom Wings would show up in a movie, I would be so excited. Right. But when I first saw it, I was, I was just like, I don't, I don't like this at all. This isn't, this isn't my 13 ghosts. Because I came out, what year did that one come out? 2001? 2001, yeah. So I would have been, I think, how old would I have been when that came out? I was like 16, I think, when that came out. I was somewhere around there, 15, 16. And I was just an awful, pretentious little, like, film snob of a kid. And I'm like, well, it's the original (laughs) William Castle movie. is so superior to this this remake for peasants. Yeah, I mean, I I have not seen the 2001 13 Ghosts, except for these clips of Matthew Lillard that I've been watching, uh, which are fantastic. But I don't know. I kind of want to check it out now, just as a compare and contrast. Uh, But do you remember, like, does it, like, hew to the original fairly closely, or is it just basically taking the title 13 ghosts and like so, putting people in a house so like, it's <laughs> it's the idea is that oh we have a house but instead of it being like a normal ass haunted house it's like cube like it's a cube house right okay where all of the walls and windows are glass and the, they all move around and change and so you, you could sort of it's a really neat i think effect and i think something that i've really appreciated like in my older life is the set design and the art design for this movie and so it's not just oh the house is haunted it's oh we're trapped in the house all the ways out have are changing constantly and if we're not careful we're going to get cut in half uh, by okay. these falling glass uh, windows and doors and walls uh, through it. But the only way, so again, in the movie, the only way to see the ghosts are through these ghost goggles, uh, but there is no gimmick. It's just the characters will put them on and it's like, oh, I don't have the glasses. I can't see the ghost. Oh no, now I can. It's right in front of me. Ah, so there's <laughs> a lot of that. Um, I, I rewatched that one, I think maybe during pandemic times. Oh, really? And it's, it's still no original 13 Ghosts, but it's still a totally sure. good movie. Matthew Willard, I think, is fantastic. Tony Shalhoub, as I said, is amazing. Uh, and the ghost design is more, that's like more Rob Zombie than than like William Castle, but still totally worth checking out. Yeah, that's what I kind of, what I kind of saw from the clips. It was like, oh, there's a lot of like, you know, prosthetics and makeup and like it looks like, you know, physical, like, you know, these, these barely look like ghosts. They look like monsters, whereas mm-hmm. this is like, Oh, these are like little apparitions that are on the screen. Like, it, it looks like they're not actually going to like hurt anybody because they're like, you can't actually see it. Like, they're barely there. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But that's part of the charm of it, I think. It's 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 so fun to see the all these ghosts and the the creativity in which they create these ghosts and all the variety of different ghosts. Uh, also, I love the way the movie starts where just like is the countdown of ghosts. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. one, two, three. And like, there's like different screams that are happening. Uh, and then the last one, the 13th one is a big question mark because you don't know who the 13th ghost is. <laughs> yeah, I like when the, the uncle possesses uh the dad at the end uh, like during, the seance, during the uh, seance and it's just like they just overlap the two things like yeah like they're clearly not interacting it's just this image is superimposed over the uncle and then their voice his voice sounds weird yeah that's the the charm of like yeah these are kind of just like some of them look like things on fishing wire and some of them are big italian chefs with the fingers <laughs> and the knives you know um so you get variety other, in other, ghosts. other than lion ghost italian chef ghost is my favorite ghost i think so yeah uh, <laughs> and that one executioner in head that he keeps chopping off Right. <laughs> I'm a big fan uh, of that flaming skeleton, the fourth ghost, I believe, true. in the lineup. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> because the actual like spirit effects in the movie is they're clearly just burning like a fake skeleton. <laughs> like yeah. it's just clearly <laughs> they covered it in gas and set fire to it. Yep. Yeah, a few of those, like the flaming skeleton, it's like, does this even qualify as like a ghost or is this like a different thing? <laughs> right. <laughs> 
because uh, the others are like mostly humans. And then there's a flaming skeleton and a lion that are also part of it. But yeah, all that stuff. Also, I did want to mention that, uh, you know, I, I wasn't I had not seen 13 Ghosts. I was, however, very familiar with the 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo. Oh, yes. Uh, which, which I have to imagine was sort of riffing on this a, a little bit. And 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo uh, was my favorite Scooby-Doo show as a kid, um, partially because Vincent Price was in it. Uh, mm-hmm. And he played Vincent Van Gogh, who had to like recapture all the 13 ghosts uh, that were there. And uh, yeah, it's a cool show. I just want to throw that out there. I'm going to say that anyone listening to this and coming to the camp horror, horror movie trivia at Odd Pitch uh, now knows the answer to one of my questions. Is there Ooh. a 13 ghosts of Scooby-Doo question? Absolutely uh, the- there is. Absolutely. <laughs> I am... Listen, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a grown ass adult. I've got a lot of Scooby Doo opinions, and <laughs> you know what? So do I. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, we have actually. I'll just, I'll just say as a special treat, a little help out our listeners. You come to Odd Pitch Horror Movie Trivia August 21st. There's a whole Vincent Price category, and Incredible. one of the one of the answers may be about a certain Scooby Doo series that we just we just discussed here. All right, yeah, we won't go into any detail. I think at that point because I think we, I, I do know what answer you're talking about now. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, worth uh, worth going to Odd Pitch Brewing and going to camp horror trivia you got one question right right there yeah um yeah 13 ghosts of scooby-doo is really fun and uh, obviously a riff on this movie any other thoughts about 13 ghosts mike d before we start wrapping this up you know i think it's just it's it's you know, maybe I didn't have like the most fun or anything like that, but it is like got a certain charm and it's fun. It's like cool to go back and look at this sort of, you know, cultural artifact from 1960 and like what cinema sort of was moving away from in the like, you know, the vaudeville beginnings into like the new new Hollywood stuff in the 60s and sure, 70s. Yeah. Uh, so it's just this weird transition period with that. And I guess, you know, with the Tingler being the like what the first depiction of an LSD trip or something, that's that seems like a pretty good uh, tipping point between old and new Hollywood. Um, <laughs> yeah. So it's weird to see, you know, like a person like William Castle, a persona like that kind of being the one that's in the mix and has that kind of thing. Like, you know, I don't know. It, it also made me think of like Herschel Gordon Lewis movies and stuff oh, like that, sure. even though that's like obviously much more extreme, but uh, the same kind of all about the gimmick and the, the carny origins of all that. So... It's it's a it's a fun little archaeology trip to make, you know. Yes, absolutely, and uh, I am very excited to. Uh, this was a perfect primer for the Tingler. I feel like, um, yeah, you know, I think I really enjoyed Thirteen Ghosts, and I think I'm gonna really love the Tingler, especially with a crowd. I think seeing that on 35 millimeter on the big screen is gonna be so much fun. Uh, so, Charlie, any uh, last thoughts about Thirteen Ghosts or uh, the Camp Horror Film Festival, or just whatever you want to talk about? Barbenheimer. Hey, what, what do you want to do? <laughs> I did do Barbenheimer. I did. I did do that. It was great. I think we bo- yeah, we both did the Barbenheimer double. That's right. I. It was probably drunker than I've been in a long time. I started with some mimosas <laughs> and just kept going through the day. Uh, I think the one thing I want to say about 13 Ghosts, because this is like one of those like formative memories for me in my like horror obsession, when it cuts to the dusty boots, like where it's like, oh, there's going to be a ghost tonight. And there's like these scary skeleton boots that start walking. When I was a kid, that scared me so bad. It just, <laughs> it just horrified and terrified me. And seeing it again, all that rushed back to me. Nice. nice. And one last thing I want to say, because I'm a huge nerd, I realized that the character, the character, so Uncle Zorba is the name of the uncle that dies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is a William Castle movie. The very first character I ever made for a tabletop role playing game was named Zorba Castle, who had special oh ghost goggles <laughs> to see the supernatural. <laughs> And that also rushed back to me that that was my my first foray into tabletop role-playing games, which I have more or less been involved with on and off for the rest of my life. 
So this movie, very, very big on on young Charlotte's development. <laughs> nice. Uh, absolutely. Well, thank you for making us watch it, Charlie, because, uh, yeah, I, I had a blast watching it. I think it's a great primer for The Tingler, and I think everybody should come out for all the various camp horror things uh, that are going to be happening. Uh, so, Charlie, thanks again for joining us this week. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Mike. And, uh, Mike, thank you so much. I'm uh, <laughs> always excited to be here. I'm glad to share this great movie and excited to get the word out about Camp Horror Film Festival, which, as a reminder, if you are easily frightened, you need to avoid the Roxy Theater August 25th right. and 26th. Like, we are not <laughs> responsible for anything that happens to you, either being hurting yourself while doing the time warp without stretching or being stabbed yeah. <laughs> by a tent stake by the sack yes. one slasher. The, the two ways you can get hurt are being stabbed and not stretching during the time warp. Uh. <laughs> this has been a public service announcement. Uh, make, yes. sure to, make sure to stretch and don't get stabbed by sack one slasher. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Charlie, where can we find you online this week if people want to check you out? Uh, just check out my website, charliemccorn.com. I spell both of those very difficult, so I'm sure it'll be in the description of this episode. Uh, I've got some new comic books on there that I do, uh, and I'm still, you know, still going around doing comedy, doing uh, some cool shows. If you're in Missoula, uh, September, late September, I'm doing another drag professional wrestling show, which I'm excited to be a part of. It's House of Mysteries Let's Duet. We're crowning the inaugural uh, Montana Drag Wrestling Tag Team Champions. Tickets available at the westsidetheater.org. Incredible. Uh, Mike D., where can we find you online this week? You can find me at MD Film Blog on Twitter and Letterboxd and on Blue Sky at MD Film Blog, bsky.social, which they got to fix that. That's the worst way to have to plug a thing. (laughs) That's too too long. That's Uh, a lot of letters. It's a lot of of stuff. MD Film Blog on the things. Um, and if you want to donate to support the show, you can do that on our Kofi page, which is kofi.com slash Mike and Mike pods. And if you want some merch, we have merch available on our Redbubble, which is Mike and Mike pods There we go. And you can find me online at M Smith film blog on Twitter, Mike Smith film on Letterboxd, radio Mike sandwich, on Instagram. Thank you so much for listening to Mike McGo to the movies. I'm Mike Smith. That's Mike Crescio, And that's Charlie McCorn. Uh, don't forget to rate and review the show on Apple podcasts or any other podcast app. And if you want to contact us, you can tweet at us at Mike and Mike pod. You can find the rest of our podcast in Rapture press alongside many other podcasts, all kinds of comic books and movie news and all that good stuff uh next week we'll be back with some discussions just some random movies that me and mike have been watching uh, just to give us a little bit of a break and in the meantime uh the complete works uh just got back in the cage to talk nicholas cage in sympathy for the devil a movie that i'm sure we all know charlie you know sympathy for the devil right oh i absolutely do we all know it it's a, it's a classic film that uh, just came out two weeks ago <laughs> and next week we're returning to michelle yo we're getting very close to the end of the season uh, we're in 2018 we're doing master z it man legacy uh the spin off of the It Man series with Donnie Yen. Donnie Yen is not in this movie, but Michelle Yeoh is, and it reunites her with uh, director Yun Wu Ping. Uh, so very excited about that. Uh, so Charlie, once again, thank you for joining us on Mike Mike Go to the Movies. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Of course. And that is the end of this week's episode. We will see you on the other side. Yeah.